Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedan, founder and CEO of Devian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Christopher Nedian, and today we have Andrew Lay, which he is the co-founder and managing director at Slick Media, which is a social media creative agency. Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am great. Really excited to have you on, uh, Andrew. And I gave a small introduction of who you are and what you do, but do you mind unpacking that for our audience a bit more? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, like you said, co-founder and managing director over at Slick Media. Uh, we're a social media creative agency based out of Southern California, but we work with brands pretty much nationwide, ranging from franchisees to corporate brands to, you know, your local mom and pop. Uh, my goal is to come in, be a partner for you, help deliver value and grow your identity on the social media side. So that is very interesting because obviously, as we know, social media is very predominant in our world today, Uh, not only predominant, but in the last uh, couple of years with the pandemic, we saw that a lot of businesses had no choice to pivot towards the social world in regards to selling and growing their brand. So you did mention the mom, you know, the mom and shop uh, pops, which are like more local based, but in regards to getting the businesses in the time of this whole uh, pandemic, switching them to the online, what are the biggest like difficulties or challenges that you saw as a marketing agency in that regard? Uh, I, I mean, I think saturation is a big part of it. Uh, you bring up a good point that over the past few years, a lot of brands and just companies in general migrated to digital marketing services, um, partly because like digital is just cheaper and you know, being able to get your feet wet. Uh, But at the same time, like, it's not something you can just switch, like turn a switch on and have it work. Like there's still, there's still a lot of effort that goes behind it. And now, and like nowadays, it's a really saturated market. Like every other brand is on social. So how do you differentiate yourself? Um, Ultimately that comes down to quality content. You know, you need to have content that's genuine, that's authentic, that really connects with your audience. And that's how you grow your brand. And that's what we we really try to do for our clients. Like we want to bring to the table quality content that will help them actually grow and perform on social. Because there's no point in having a social media account that has, you know, 200 followers. Like that's never going to go anywhere. You want to grow that steadily and grow that audience so that that audience become your future customers. I mean, think about social as almost like a sales funnel, right? You get them in from the top, start to get them to grow and appreciate and like become loyal to the brand. And then eventually they convert to a customer. Okay. I love what you just mentioned because you you highlighted one important part is the aspect of 
the saturation right now on social media, which is normal. Everybody's on it and it is what it is. But how do we stand out is by the quality of content. And what the quality of content is, in my personal opinion, is the value that you're bringing to your audience. So if you are a creator mm -hmm. that's educating, what kind of tips are you giving? Or are you just giving the, you know, the little stuff to get them intrigued and to get them in your program? Or are you giving a lot more? And in regards to if you're an artist, what kind of like, you know, artistry or what kind of break if you're a comedian are you giving to the people that are scrolling on, on social? So I love the fact that you're highlighting that. And as well, you're looking at it as a sales funnel and the social media is the top of the sales funnel people get used to your brand and then from there get to uh potentially buy something now andrew you mentioned something like imagine you start working with somebody that has 200 followers they're established a brand uh like they're doing sales and so on and so forth but they do not necessarily have the social media presence what does a team like you mm -hmm. do when you come in how do you get somebody from like let's say 200 followers to i don't know thousands of followers, hundreds of thousands of followers, millions of followers, whatever the case is, how do you distinguish yourself differently from other agencies in that regards? Honestly, it, it, it's a lot of work. <laughs> um, I, 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 will, I will say like there are clients that feel that the moment they turn on social that it's going to immediately triple their sales. Yeah. Or they're going to think that, oh, just because I start posting, I'm going to hit viral, I'm going to hit 10,000 million followers. Like it, it doesn't work that way. Right, like it, it's a steady growth. And then uh, to your um, question, if we come and connect with, let's say a local mom and pop coffee shop and they want to grow their brand, the first thing for our team to do is to connect with them. Like let, let's, let's learn your brand so that we understand it just as well as you do. Because I, I want my team to think as if they are the owners. Like I want them to think as if they are the actual like people that are the, the key stakeholders of the brand because only then will the, they, we be able to strategize and think of a way to help them grow uh, from there it's, it's testing it's a lot of testing because it's not a template that just works every single time you may have you know a strategy that works for a pizza brand but doesn't work for a coffee brand and vice versa so a lot of it is just testing month over month and then some months we may you know show some progress some months we may not it's a constant ebb and flow but Ultimately, when you bring on a team such as myself or with any other social media company, like what you're getting is that focus, that like that ownership that, hey, I am here to support you and help you grow your, your social media account. And within that, I guess to break that up a little bit further, you know, there, there's a balance, right? Because the business is going to have their objectives. Like they're going to want to tell you to say, oh, I have a new promotion. I have a new happy hour. I have this. Like they're going to want to promote that stuff. But then that stuff is not always the thing that translates to converting customers or converting like followers. So you almost have to like do a variety. You do some of the business objectives, you do some promotional content, but then you do some of the cooler content. Some of the stuff that's just purely for entertainment value, because that's the stuff that's going to get you reach. Like the stuff that's going to hit viral is not going to be that happy hour promotion. It's going to be that really cool video that somehow, you know, spun out and uh, became viral. So you know, bringing it all back, like it's a delicate balance. We, we, we really work with the client to make sure their priorities are covered too, but then we're also pushing the things that we know are gonna move the needle so that month over month, they're gonna see steady progress. But am I coming to the table and promising 10,000 followers by tomorrow? Like, no, I'm not gonna say that because that's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, it's not, yeah, it's, it's not realistic, but I love the fact that you're kind of clarifying that, like, hey, this is what we're kind of gonna work towards, this is what we're potentially gonna get, and this is where it can go. So I love the fact that you have that clarity. And one aspect that you mentioned was really interesting, and this is something that I do with my social media team as well, and I try to do it on, on my socials. And we're actually gonna use the example of the person that's the most followed on social media, Cristiano Ronaldo, the football player, soccer player for our, our North mm -hmm. Americans. Uh, he has four different like 
verticals of what he posts for four different utility. So one is everything that has to do with his uh, soccer career. So Manchester United, so on and so forth. The other one is family life. The other one is luxury. He posts his, you know, his, his kind of like lifestyle in the luxury aspect. And then the other one is uh, mm-hmm. the aspect of his kids and marriage and all that stuff. So those are like the four verticals that, oh, sorry, the, the, the fourth one, sorry, it's fitness. So he posts a lot of stuff about fitness and, you know, health and so on and so forth. So when he fits those four uh, pillars, he's hitting four different types of category of people that could be intrigued about his brand, right? It's not just football players exactly. or soccer fans. It's people that want to have a certain lifestyle, that want to be a family oriented, that want to be in shape. And the way that you kind of explain it when you approach a business and you're like, hey, okay, let's do uh, this, the aspect of trying to get people on your happy hour, but then let's do something more entertaining that's going to go get you a potential exactly, so on and so forth. So I love the fact that you have that awareness. Uh, Andrew, how did you get into this? Like what, what drew you towards the uh, social media world? How long have you been doing this? Talk about uh, that aspect a bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, the company has been around for um, a little over a decade now. I think my partner and I started it back in 2012, 2013, something oh, wow. around there. Um, on, honestly, it, it, it's, it's almost like a generic entrepreneurial story in the sense that it started as a side hustle. We saw an opportunity to help service, you know, some clients. Um, so both of us had daytime jobs at the time. We picked up the client as a side project and just like kept going at it. Um, as the months went by, we saw more opportunity. We started picking up more clients and this side hustle started becoming like an actual, you know, company. And then at a certain point, we both made the decision to leave our daytime jobs and then we just took it full force from there. So, and I, I know that's like really simplified, obviously it's over the span of a, the past decade, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we've been, we've been solid with it. Like we've grown month over month, year over year, the team is expanding. We've expanded nationally. So. I feel like a large part of it is just because my partner and I are very ambitious. Like we'll never say no to a challenge. Um, you know, if somebody presents us an opportunity to work on something, then we'll figure out a way to make it, get it done. Um, ultimately it's about delivering value, right? Like when you have a business and a client, a customer or a client's paying you, there's some kind of value proposition or value trade that's happening there. Like they're exchanging money for something of value. So on our side, we just try to make sure that we are always delivering value because I would hate to have a client turn around in six months and feel like, they were cheated. Like, why did I pay this company six months of my time? And I, I got nothing out of it. Like, that's the worst thing that happened because that's also not going to pro like, it's not, it's not going to create long-term relationships. And really that's how you make a successful business. You establish that loyalty. You establish those long-term customers that stay, that stay with you for years. Yeah, that makes sense. Now in regards to, this is probably interesting way to look at it in regards to the marketing of your own company, which is a social media company. How do you guys market yourselves? Like, how do you guys utilize the social world? Is it all through referrals? You've been getting clients. Obviously, you've been a game. You've been in the game for a decade, so you must have some good solid base of clientele that's been referring back and forth. Especially if you guys bring value-driven approaches, like you mentioned. How do you go about marketing mm-hmm. marketing agency on the social world? Uh, I mean, yeah, a, a large number of our clients are referral based. I would say, like, it still represents maybe 60 percent of clients coming in are coming off of referrals. So like, that's great. Um, the other 40%, I mean, we, we, we cold approach it, you know, like a lot of it is lead generation based on Yelp, keeping an eye on what's coming out, what new restaurants, what new businesses are opening up that may potentially need marketing services. And then there's also like kind of an audit strategy approach to it as well. Like, you know, you know, when you go out and you assess other clients or, I mean, other potential leads and you basically call out what you can do for them. 
Like that's an approach. Um, for us, we, we, we position ourselves as subject matter experts and basically like experts in marketing restaurants. Um, the reason why we were able to do that is because over the years, we've essentially carved out a pretty specialized niche within the restaurant industry. Mm. So I would say in terms of like restaurant marketing agencies, we are like one of the top. Um, if okay. not, like for sure in California, if not like nationwide as well, in terms of being able to do what we do. Um, yeah, <laughs> hopefully they answered your question. I kind of rambled off on the side. No, a no, no. Bit. It, it, <laughs> you, you highlight something that's really important over here is niching down, understanding where you create yeah. your value within the marketplace. So if you guys are more specific on, we are marketers, but for restaurants, then your AdSense, your communication, uh, how you uh, do videos, how you approach everything is for that particular con- uh, clientele. It's not for somebody that's a personal brand. It's not for necessarily an athlete, even though you know the basis of how to work with them, mm-hmm. but you're specialized with one. So I love that aspect for entrepreneurs to really understand sometimes just knowing your niche, even though you could potentially serve a lot of people, niching down is going to help massively for you. Because then if you're a restaurateur and you work with Andrew's services, you're going to go tell your other friend that's a restaurateur, like, hey, you need to work with Andrew's company because they're specialized in restaurants. They're not just uh, exactly. a standard marketing firm. They're specialized, which always is more valuable. So Andrew, in regards to yeah. people working on social, especially a new entrepreneur starting off uh, a business or even like an, like an influencer too, trying to get into that game from a speaker to whatever, what are some of the mistakes that you see that people do on uh, trying to promote themselves on socials? And what do you suggest them to do differently with the mistakes that they're doing? Uh, I, I would say it comes back to the content conversation. Um, just pushing out content for the sake of content doesn't get you anywhere. Like you, you really need to think about what type of content is going to perform the best with the audience that you're trying to grow. Um, I'll, I'll give you a really plain example here, but, but let's say you are trying to grow an audience of sports fans, but all you ever post is about business stuff. Like that's not going to vibe, right? That's not going to connect with them. So it's never going to go anywhere. Um, Some people think that just because I'm pushing out three, four videos a day, posting all the time, like it's going to grow my page, but it doesn't really matter. Um, I would rather have that one really good piece of content that's actually thought through that actually is going to connect with my target audience than 10 pieces of content that don't do anything at all. Um, I, I feel like people who are jumping into the game, uh, especially like ones that are targeting mom and pop businesses, like they, they don't know any better either, right? Like I can approach a mom and pop shop and tell them I'm gonna run their social media page, but all I ever do is post a random photo here and there. Like all, honestly, they're not gonna know any better, which which is, it sucks. Like, and it becomes like, they become a target of agencies that do that. Um, that's why on our side, like I wanna make sure I have that conversation. I wanna make sure that I talk to the client, that I understand their brand as well as they do so that I can recommend something that makes sense for them. And I'm not just pumping something out for the sake of collecting a dollar. Okay. So that, that's interesting what you mentioned over there. Let's unpack that a bit more. So are you on the sure. ideology of quantity over quality or what you just said, it was more quality over quantity. And if we correlate it to somebody that's in the space that potentially our listeners know, Gary V, which he's very strong on like, Hey, pump out as much as you want, or like as, as much as you can, because then it's going to help the algorithm, obviously being logical with the sense. Like if you said, like, if you want to create a sports community, don't talk about business. If you want to create a business community, talk about mm-hmm. business, but where do you stand with that? Especially now with the TikTok age of like, Hey, you need to be posting a minimum of X number of time per day. It gets pretty out there, especially for creators 
What would you speak to that? I actually understand both sides. Um, if, if you're asking me to pick, I would say quality over quantity. But at the same time, like I understand that it is a quantity game in the sense that you, you don't know what the algorithm is going to do, right? So if you are able to push out more content, then you ha essentially have more chances to win that algorithm. But you can't push up low quality chances, yeah. right? Like you still have to maintain a certain level of quality in order to push out that much content. So I, I'm kind of in the middle. Like don't, don't push out just bad content <laughs> for the sake of hitting quality here. You, do, you still have to assess it. You still have to think about what's good quality content to push out. Then once you figure that out, then scale it. Then start pushing out like 10 pieces of content in that same quality or if not better than that quality to try to learn or to try to teach the algorithm the way that you want it to go. Okay, I like that. So essentially it's this equilibrium that we're looking for towards, we want the quality, but we still need the yeah. quantity because it is a numbers game. And one thing you alluded to is that once you test and you figure out, hey, this one's responding a bit more, go maybe harder in that approach and do more videos like exactly. that uh, that will be able to generate more uh, views, leads, or so on and so forth. Andrews, I mean, th this is really interesting in regards to kind of how to approach it and so on. Uh, tell us a bit more about like in before our uh, recording our podcast, you said that you're starting another company that has some correlation with the one that you're doing now. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, uh, I mean, this actually kind of ties more from the business owner perspective of it, not so much on a social media front. So uh, is that okay if I go into that? Yeah, 100%. Go for it. It's, I mean, listen, bro, this, this show's called the Peak Performance Greatness Show. We talk about high performance and business. So go for it. If it's business, we're going to go into it and we'll unpack it together. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, let, let's see if I can wrap this up in a pretty nice package for you. But uh, as an agency owner, I mean, I, I basically run a service-based business. So, like, it's all labor intensive, right? The more clients I hire, the more work that's getting pumped out, the more people I have to, I mean, the more clients I sign on, the more work that gets done, the more people I have to hire. Yeah. So ultimately there's almost like a one-to-one -one correlation between how many people I have to hire versus how many clients I can bring on. Now, as a business owner, you know, labor cost is always going to be the number one factor of the business. So over the past few years, I've been experimenting, I've been building out different options and strategies to try to, you know, reduce labor costs because ultimately that contributes to my bottom line profit. Um, with the pandemic, I feel like that actually opened up the doors for a lot of companies to go remote. You know, like you, you look at huge, like huge corporations now, like Twitter, they're saying nobody has to come to the office anymore. Like they effectively get to reduce their, uh, their, their hard costs without having a rent, a rent, like having a physical office. Um, and then with that, like comes the expansion of, hey, why does it matter where somebody's geographical location is? If they are a good employee, if they are a good worker, then that should be enough, right? So now companies across the world are expanding who they can hire, what, like where they can source their people from. And bringing it back to like my story now, at, at the time, you know, I, I was struggling with, you know, how do I source quality creative, um, specifically like graphic designers, animators, video editors, et cetera, et cetera. So then, once pandemic hit, I was actually talking to a partner of mine. Um, and then we, we started to think about it. We started to explore where we can potentially source creatives from. And then we, we actually ended up piloting it against my own company. Like I was my own guinea pig in this sense. So we found and sourced international workers to help me support my creative like needs. And then it's been working. So from there, we actually carved out and made a new staffing agency specifically around being able to service creatives. And the value proposition there is that, like, I'm going to find you somebody who is custom fit for your need. Like, 
I know that you can go on Fiverr. I know that you can go on Upwork. You could potentially vet through hundreds of portfolios and find somebody that you may like. Well, we would do that for you. You know, we will take on the heavy burden of being the recruitment firm for you to find you somebody. And then at that point, it simplifies it from a business owner perspective so much because you don't have to worry about HR. You don't have to worry about onboarding. You don't have to worry about going through and reading a bunch of resumes. You just look, talk to my recruitment team and they will find you somebody. So without digressing any further, like that's kind of the new thing that we're building up right now. Um, and it, it's called With My Coffee is the company name. With My Coffee. So that is very interesting because yeah. <laughs> to be quite honest, a huge part, like you mentioned uh, in business is hiring and growing with that. Because if mm-hmm. you want to grow your business and leverage it, at a certain point, you need to have more time. The only way you can have more time is if people come into your business and work towards the same mission and vision of you in different positions. That's how you grow, right? And not only that, like you said, the world right now, there's so much accessibility to working or having uh, employees and colleagues from all around the world, but that doesn't necessarily correlate to the same type of work, the same quality of work, the same type of communication, the same type of team atmosphere. So if there is something that comes Mm -hmm. into play and specifies in the creative lever, it's an interesting place to be in because brother, I'm going to give you my own example. So uh, as my listeners know, uh, my business that in enterprises is solely uh, positioned to increase people's performance. Uh, and the way that we go about that is through speaking, one-on-one coaching, uh, online courses through our academy, as well as our podcast agency. So all we work is with top tier C-suite executive uh, clientele. And for me to get out there as a speaker and so on, I have to create videos. I have to put content out there. And in the beginning, I was doing my own stuff. I was doing my own editing. I was doing my own posting. And at a certain point, I realized, okay, we got to a certain point within business. Now we have to leverage this and find somebody that's going to do this even better than me because I'm not an editor. I'm not a creative in that regard. Andrew, I had to go through three editors before finding my dude that's like, oh yeah, this is my ride and die. Now we travel the world and he kind of like, the Gary V D-Rock situation. Like when I go, uh, <laughs> he's like following me, but you have to go through that process because you went through so many people that are out there that say they can edit, but don't necessarily have that quality. So for you guys to offer a service and do that intermediate, I think is highly valuable pending what the, the companies want. So how long have you been running with this business? What's been the, the response for it? Are you guys still in the, the, the testing phase right now? Uh, we're in it about, I would say actively about a year and a half. Uh, I mean, th- there's always testing to be had, right? Like when you pick up new clients that have new requirements and we are constantly adjusting and testing. Um, I think response rate has been great. I, I think we-, we are definitely trying to service a very different niche again. You know, we-, we are not just a virtual assistant company that's going to be spamming out various people across, you know, other clients. Like, no. My, my target customer is going to be that business owner, is going to be like somebody who is in charge of the P&L, somebody who's actually looking at the labor, somebody who needs to, you know, get some more free time. Like to your point, um, I, I, I want to be able to take the burden off of your plate of having to do all the recruitment, of having to do all the onboarding. Like I will just service them up for you based on the needs that you tell me. Like we will take that off of your plate for you. Um, ultimately, yeah, if you wanted to, you can go back to Fiverr, you can go back to Upwork, you can do it yourself, but like, that's not part of my value proposition here. Like yeah. what I'm going to, what I'm doing is doing it for you. <laughs> you know, it's not just finding you a designer or a video editor. It's doing the work for you and actually maintaining that the entire time. And then throughout the relationship, like our account managers also keep an eye on the candidates. I mean, on the actual workers, like we will help keep them in check. We will help manage them. We will manage any kind of PTO, uh, vacation time, like all of that for you so that you don't have to worry about it. 
like it, it goes back to the time factor, right? And I think that's the biggest thing with entrepreneurs and business owners. Like, how do you get back your time? So if you're not the one doing it, then you would hire an HR person to do it or somebody else to do it. So yeah. I'm just going to offer the service for you and do it for you. Nice. Andrew, I have a couple of last questions before we, we uh, head off this podcast. My next one is, yeah, it's obviously that, you know, you're successful, you know what you're doing in business, you've been doing it for 10 plus years, starting up your second business now for a year and a half. So you definitely have some success uh, uh, behind your tie 100% with everything we just heard over here. And there's a lot that we can learn from that. But I truly believe as people, we don't only learn from our success, but we live from our failures and not only our own failures, but other people's. So my question to you is, mm -hmm. what is a challenge you are facing right now in your business or businesses? And how do you go about fixing that challenge? So what is something you're having a difficult time with, or there's a challenge within your business? And how are you going to go about fixing that uh, challenge or problem? Uh, okay, let's, let's talk about a recurring problem then. Um, it's being able to train down and build, building like the systems and processes to train and expand a team. I feel like that's always going to be a, not a problem, but it's always going to be a priority for a business owner mm -hmm. because as you scale, as you build out your team, you, d you do have to train down, right? You do have to delegate. You do have to let go of your own responsibilities and have somebody else take care of it. And then as you have like employee turnover, as new employees come in, old employees go out, like you have to make sure that you're still maintaining a certain level of consistency and quality for your clients. So how do you continue to like fine tune that? because there's always opportunities to make that better. Um, as much as you wanna document things, put things down in SOPs and processes, like there's always gonna be a certain amount of information that's gonna be owned by those individual employees. So how, how do you remove that crutch, so to speak? Um, I think that's always gonna be a constant challenge. And speaking about our, our side of it, I mean, we, we've been growing month over month, year over year, the team's constantly expanding. Um, I was lucky enough to not have to let go a single person during COVID. Like we were able to keep everybody on board and actually continue to add to the team. So it's been a constant, I guess, challenge to stay ahead of it. Like, how do I continue to build the process? How do I continue to build the systems to stay ahead? And I, I don't think there's a solution for it. You know, like it comes down to just proper planning. You just need to be able to answer the problem that you may have in four months, but now, <laughs> you know, like, like people talk about chess, like I need to be able to think like 10 moves ahead. Like it's almost like that same exercise. Like I always need to be thinking about what made the team encounter, what kind of issues may they run into that I need to maybe make an FAQ sheet for now or make some kind of like guide for them to help like them in the future. But I can't wait until a problem happens and then resolve it then because then it's too late. So I think every single day, I'm just constantly looking at the activity of the business and trying to find where, where is there an opportunity to fail and then put in a system to hopefully catch that failure before it happens. How many times do you catch it? How many times it kind of surprises you if you put it in percentage? I don't know. <laughs> more question. than 50-50. I, I mean, like, I, I, would, I would like to say, like, I catch it more than 50-50, more than you know, but like, it, I, I don't have a quantitative number yeah. to, to put to that. Um, it's funny because the stuff that catches you off guard is the stuff you never expected to happen. Yeah. And like, once it does happen, it opens up another, another path. Like, oh, okay, now I have to figure out this path. So, it, you know, if you're using the metaphor of like standing at a road with a bunch of different forks, like every single time something happens that you weren't aware of, it creates a new fork. So now I have to map out this side of it. Yeah. 
No, that, that that's interesting. I like the way that you kind of correlated to the chess as well. And you were saying, hey, you have to look 10 moves ahead. And anybody that could understand 10 moves ahead uh, on a chessboard is a grandmaster. Uh, so that takes years and decades of training to get to that. So it's completely normal in any type of business. And Andrew, I'm exactly the same. I always try to look at yeah. potential uh, scenarios, so on and so forth. But at a certain level, I just look at it for an X amount of time and then I just go headstrong in it. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let me go forward and get the analytic of what's happening with the decision. Because a lot of times some entrepreneurs analyze, 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 and they go into analysis paralysis and they don't take any decision, which is so much more dangerous than just taking a decision wrong or right. So I love the way that you kind of highlighted that and you kind of broke that up in that regards. Uh, Andrew, my last question for you is, uh, if somebody's listening to this and is especially a restaurateur wants to have a uh, potentially conversation with you to see how your team could really grow them uh, to go to that next level in regards to the social media, or if somebody's looking to hire specific uh, creatives, what's the best way to contact you and your team? Yeah. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, my website, slickmedia.com. Uh, Slick is spelled S-L-I-Q-U-E. And you can reach me there, or you can email me directly at andrew at slickmedia.com. That is great, Andrew. Everything will be in the show notes below. It was such a pleasure having you on the show. And everybody, go check out the show notes. We'll see you next time. Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Fitness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or intrapreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didia. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.